0: Welcome to Hacking Your ADHD, part of the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. I'm your host, William Kerb, and I have ADHD. On this podcast, I dig into the tools, tactics, and best practices to help you work with your ADHD brain. Before we get started with the show, I just wanted to add a few words about this rebroadcast. One of the things I want to look at while I'm taking my break is what my priorities are. It's easy to let yourself just get pulled along with the flow of things, and often that means you aren't following your priorities. What you end up following is the path of least resistance, and over time, you're going to find that you just aren't going to be able to make space for the things that are most important to you. So during this break, I thought it would be a great time to revisit this episode on how to set your priorities. I know that we're not going to be able to do everything that we want to right now, but we can certainly work on finding at least a little time to work on our most important projects. All right, thanks for listening, and on with the show. Let me ask you, what's the most important thing on your to-do list? What's the thing that, if you did it, that would make you satisfied what you've accomplished today? Sometimes we've got a clear picture of what our most important thing is. Usually, it's something due that day, maybe even something that was due yesterday. But we can't always rely on urgency to be our guide for prioritization. If you're struggling to figure out what's the most important thing to do, you're not alone. Picking out the tasks that are going to make the biggest difference is a hard thing to do and something we're just kind of expected to understand. Yet, often there's no clear reason why doing task A is better than doing task B. So today, we're going to be exploring how we can determine what those most important tasks are and how we can make them a priority. If you'd like to follow along with today's show on our show notes page, you can find that at hackingyouradhd.com priorities. Let's start off by asking what makes something a priority. We can get on some common footing here by defining a priority as a concern or desire that comes before all others. It was interesting that while researching this episode, I didn't find a lot of stuff talking about what makes a priority a priority. It's just assumed that we already know why what we're doing is important, and I don't think that's always true. If you've ever watched the movie The Incredibles, you might remember the line from The Villain Syndrome. I'll sell my invention so everyone can be a superhero, and when everyone's super, no one will be. While Syndrome might be a little bit crazy, he's right. Once a unique property like being a superhero becomes ubiquitous, it's no longer special. And this same thing is also true about your priorities. If you're making everything a priority, then nothing is. And this means that the only reason we are completing anything is because of its due date. And some of the most important things we do in our lives have no due dates attached to it. So one of our first steps while we are prioritizing is to acknowledge that not everything can be a priority. Some things take precedence even over due dates. Okay, quick question. Who felt really uncomfortable with that statement? Because if you've been running your entire life due date to due date, that's an uncomfortable thing to think about. Until we get that bad news at the doctor's office, no one's going to give us a due date to get in shape by. And that's not a due date we really want to have. So, let me ask you, what are your values? Do you even know what your values are? If you don't, that's okay. We can work on that. No one told you we were having a quiz today, and I'm betting, like me, you probably missed that day in school where we went over setting our values. I know until recently, I hadn't spent a whole lot of time thinking about what my values might entail, and honestly, the whole idea of it felt pretty overwhelming. But just because something feels hard or overwhelming doesn't mean we can't do it. And a great place we can start is through journaling. Just spend some time writing about what you think is important to you. But don't stop there. Give yourself another why. So if you wrote down that hard work is important to you, ask yourself, why is hard work important to me? Maybe you like the recognition from your peers. Or maybe you like how hard work gets you into the creative process. Don't let yourself settle for the first answer. Keep asking why and really find out what's driving you. I know I was a little lost when I started this exercise, so let me give you a little glimpse into my head. In thinking about what is most important to me, the first thing that came to mind were my wife and kids. I want to have a loving relationship with them, and my kids really also help me to find what's important to me because of the things I want to pass on to them. I want them to love learning, and I want them to be happy. I want them to live with integrity, and to always be challenging themselves to do better. Now, if we draw a couple of key words out there, We might define a few of my values as learning, happiness, integrity, and challenge. When you are doing this exercise, you might want to ask a similar question to mine. What do you want to pass on to your kids? If you don't have kids or want to take another angle, you could ask, if I only had one year to live, what would I want to pass on to the world? Or if it isn't too morbid for you, imagine you're at your own memorial service. What kind of things do you want people saying about you? Now, when I'm looking at those few words I defined as my values, I can go over my to-do list and ask myself, how are these things helping me learn? Are they bringing me happiness? Do they keep me in integrity? Are they challenging me? And using those values, I can help define what the most important things are on my to-do list. If nothing on my list is in alignment with my values, then I have to start questioning if I need to make some changes in my life so that I can start doing the things that actually matter the most to me. Because if I'm not doing the things that align with my values, what am I really doing with my life? We want to make sure we're prioritizing our own values. Often we'll find ourselves prioritizing off of what other people value, what we see as important to society around us, or what media tells us is important. But that isn't going to help you do what's actually the most important things to you. When you prioritize based on your values, you can stop doing things just because you should do them and instead do things because you want to do them. With all that said, it can be really hard to figure out what to do on a day-to-day basis. Just knowing what our values are isn't enough to make our to-do list fall into a nice, tidy order of what to do next. If you've looked into prioritization methods before, you've likely run across the Eisenhower Priority Matrix, also known as the Eisenhower Decision Principle. If you haven't seen it, though, it can be a great place to get started. The matrix stems from a quote from President Dwight D. Eisenhower. I have two kinds of problems, the urgent and the important. The urgent are not important, and the important are never urgent. Eisenhower attributed this insight to an unnamed former college president. And while we won't be using this quote exactly how he said it, you can use the Eisenhower Decision Principle to separate tasks into four quadrants. Urgent tasks on the left side and non-urgent tasks on the right and then important tasks on the top half, and not important tasks on the bottom half. If you've got trouble picturing the matrix, I've got an example on the show notes page that you can find at hackingyouradhd.com priorities. All right, let's take a look at what might go into each of these quadrants. First up, we've got important and urgent. This one's pretty straightforward, and this is where we tend to live with ADHD. These are crises and problems with looming deadlines. Think assignments due today or I don't know, an overflowing toilet, which is definitely urgent and really important to deal with. So next up we've got important and not urgent. While these are things we might want to get done, they don't have a set due date or the due date is well into the future, or at least seems to be. These are things that we want to get done, but more often than not fall to the wayside to make time for all the urgent stuff we've got to take care of. Examples are things like exercising or long-term projects. Okay. And that's the top half of the matrix. I don't feel like I have to go so much over it because these are the important things. And while we might not be currently making time for the stuff that isn't urgent, and don't worry, we'll get onto that, but now that we've set our values, we generally know what's important to us. And we're not going to forget about the bottom half of the matrix. While it's easy to brush off tasks that aren't important, they're actually some of the tasks that can really take up a lot of our time. And well, it's important to know what isn't important. So, next up in the matrix, we've got urgent and not important. This is kind of a tricky category, and one that is actually pretty easy to get caught up in. The reason being that it's really easy to mistake something that's urgent for something that's important. An example might be getting a message from a coworker requesting a report you already sent out. It isn't important because they could potentially find it on their own, but it feels urgent because your phone is buzzing right now. Or an alternative example might be posting hot takes on Twitter. It feels urgent because you've got to post it now for it to be relevant, but honestly, not that important. I'd also like to note that a lot of advice is to delegate this category. But I think that's a bit misleading, because why are you delegating tasks that aren't important? If it's truly not important, no one needs to do it. But we can still use this category as delegation if we think about it just a little bit differently. Instead of thinking of it as unimportant tasks, think of it instead as tasks that are important but aren't important for me to do. Delegation is a great way to pass on tasks that other people would just be better at doing. For example, I hire an accountant to do my taxes because not only do I not really want to do it, but they are going to do a much better job than I am. It's an important task, just not a task that I need to do myself. All right. Finally, we've got not urgent and unimportant. And I think this is a pretty dangerous category. When we look at these tasks, we'll often ask ourselves if it's not urgent and it's not important, then why am I doing it? And that's a great question. Most advice here is to just delete these things from your life. But what tasks are actually not urgent and not important? Off the top of my head, examples are things like watching TV and playing games. Both not that urgent and not that important. But if you're not careful, and clear on your values, can be really easy to decide that everything that isn't work-productive isn't important. Watching television in itself might not be important, but taking breaks and doing things like watching TV with my wife or kids can be really important for bonding. We don't want our life to become all about being productive, and this is why being clear with our values is really important, because otherwise it becomes all too easy to just eliminate fun from our lives because it doesn't seem important anymore. Alright, with this matrix, we can start getting a handle on how our workflow is panning out. Take a look. What part of the matrix are you spending most of your time in? Most of us with ADHD are going to be spending a lot of our time on the urgent side of the matrix. With this in mind, look back to the values that you identified in the first part of the episode. Does your task list still represent those values? If not, what can you change to get more aligned with those values? Once we're able to put our tasks into the matrix, it's a lot easier to determine what our next actions should be. However, one of the most difficult things about ADHD is time blindness. I went over a lot of those issues in episode 2 on Timing Your Day, but one thing I didn't cover then was time horizons. Basically, the idea of a time horizon is that after a certain amount of time, you just can't see past that date, at least not accurately. At some point in the future, things stop seeming real. It's just too abstract for us to imagine. Everyone has time horizons, but those of us with ADHD tend to have much shorter ones. If I asked you what your life would be like in 10 years, how well could you picture it? How about five years? Or even one year? How about a month from now? Next week? Time horizons tend to grow as we get older. Neurotypical adults can have time horizons from anywhere between 8 to 12 weeks, but with ADHD, We might have time horizons that only extend out a week or two. What this means is that when you are trying to plan out your to dos, once something gets beyond a certain scope, it becomes much harder to conceptualize it. I know I have to get in shape someday, but we all know someday isn't on my calendar. Let's take a closer look at one of those tasks that's important but not urgent, something that's distant but not too distant, like writing a term paper. Let's say you've got three months to write a 20 page paper. Really, the length of the paper isn't important here. What's important is that you have something that's due outside of your time horizon. And this means that the due date isn't something that's particularly real to you. Unsurprisingly, this is a big cause of procrastination for us. Why do something when you can't even picture that point in the future? And so this becomes a big reason that when you've got ADHD, you are only focusing on tasks that are urgent. Things don't feel urgent when they are beyond our time horizon even if we need to put in the work now to achieve those goals. We don't want to only live on the urgent side of the priority matrix, but when we can't see time, it's really hard to make anything that isn't urgent a priority. If we're only making time for things that are urgent, are we really living up to the values that we wrote about earlier? It's easy to pretend that we want to live fast and loose without a schedule and without a plan, but that doesn't let us make time for the stuff that really matters the most to us. When we're thinking about these big tasks that go beyond our time horizon, one of the things that we really need to focus on is breaking the project down into its more component parts. For example, when I was starting up this podcast, there were a lot of things that I needed to work on. I needed to build a website, come up with a podcast name, design a logo, get some music for the podcast, and of course write my initial episodes. And that's just to start with. It was a big project that took a lot of effort to get organized. And while some things were obvious priorities... Others felt important, but weren't actually going to help me launch the podcast sooner. So let's take a look at some ways we can figure out how to prioritize that list I just came up with. And we can start by looking for bottlenecks. A bottleneck is simply something that will slow down or stop the progress of everything else. Writing my initial episodes is an obvious choice for a bottleneck here, since without content, the podcast wouldn't be anything. If I completed everything else on my list, but didn't have any content, I still couldn't launch the podcast. Or we could think of something like the music for the podcast. Well, not necessarily essential, it does set the tone, and before I picked out the music, I wasn't able to finish producing an episode. Just an aside here, I said the music wasn't essential, but I'm trying to picture in my head a podcast with no music at all, and I don't like it. Anyways, another way to think about bottlenecks is to look at if they knock down any other dominoes in your to-do list, or if they make any other dominoes significantly easier to knock down. Getting a name for my podcast is a great example here. Once I got a name, it made it much easier to knock down a bunch of other dominoes. Before I had the name, I wasn't able to buy a domain name or register my podcast with any podcast directories. And the name also made it way easier to get a good logo designed because then I had an idea of what I was looking for. And one of our biggest challenges for prioritization can come from things that feel important or fun. But unless they are actually getting us closer to our goals, we don't necessarily actually need to make them a priority. I like designing websites, and when I was getting started, it felt like something that I needed for the podcast. But really, it didn't make sense for me to prioritize making a website, because nothing about building a website made anything else in the process easier. And in fact, it would have been pretty easy for me to launch without a website at all. So, while it was something that felt important to me, it wouldn't have made sense for me to do first. And eventually, I actually ended up passing on my website stuff to my wife, and she did a great job with it. So if you're listening, sweetie, thank you. So when we're prioritizing, it's not always easy to see the big picture and what's actually the most important thing for us to do. Our biggest key here isn't that we've got to always pick the absolute most essential task. Instead, it's just to work out what we think is going to knock down some of those dominoes and sticking with those tasks. Sometimes we're going to be wrong, and that's okay. And if we stick with it, and focus on the things that align with our values, we're going to start making progress on the things that matter the most. Thanks for sticking with me all the way to the end. Before you go though, let's do a quick rundown of today's top tips. One, to really get the most out of setting your priorities, you first got to understand what your values are. Two, you can use the Eisenhower priority matrix to separate your tasks into important and urgent, important but not urgent, urgent but not important, and not important and not urgent. Three, large projects should be broken down into their component parts. Once they are broken down, look for tasks that are bottlenecks or that will make other tasks easier to complete. Those should become your priorities. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. I really appreciate it. If you'd like to reach out, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at HackingYourADHD, or you can reach me on my website, HackingYourADHD.com. If you got anything out of this episode, I'd like to encourage you to share it with someone that you think would also benefit from hearing it. And if you want to give the show some love, please leave me a rating and review on your podcast player of choice. For more ADHD tips, check out the other podcasts in the ADHD Rewired Podcast Network. ADHD Rewired with Eric Tivers and ADHD Essentials with Brendan Mahan. Thanks for listening, and until next time, stay focused.